Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi, Wellness Wednesday listeners. This is Helen Nguyen. I'm CEO of 3W Medical for Women. Thank you so much for tuning in every week for a new episode. This week's topic is the part two on a conversation I had with our beautiful guest star, Mazi. Mazzy. Mazzy. Okay, I said that wrong again. Mazzy. Mazzy. It's okay. <laughs> I am so sorry. I said her name wrong the whole time in the last podcast. So I'm going to be try to be very intentional with saying Mazzy. Jazzy. Mazzy. Yes. Okay. So Mazzy shared with us at our last recording her kind of personal experience and some tips with her struggling prior. Not so struggling now, right? Do no. you think? I, I would say I'm very much recovered but same with like any addiction or any sort of recovering you're always in recovery right kind of in the process of recovering and sometimes there are times where you have to be really aware of yeah who you are what you're doing at the moment and what you've been before because you can easily slip back into Mm -hmm. eating eating disorder issues or issues with restricting so Mm -hmm. I would say I'm very recovered but also realizing that I have my mind is wired in that way where I yeah. have to be very, very cautious about my surroundings and mm-hmm. what I've actually been through. So it's triggers. Yes, like triggers. exactly. In the simple sense, triggers, being triggers. aware of my triggers <laughs> and making sure that I'm being very open with it yeah. and what I'm going through at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's that's beautiful. And, and thank you so much for being so transparent with our community because there's so many people struggling with this issue, eating disorders. And it's so important to hear from someone like you who is in the public, is very much a role model to a lot of women and a lot of young women. So um, yeah, so just thank you so much for coming back and continuously share with our patients and our community about eating disorder. Yes, I'm so excited to be back. I love this. Yeah, it's, it's something that we need to talk about more. Yes. So since our last podcast, you shared with me that folks reached out to you, mm-hmm. right? Which is like awesome. I um, love that. So I know. Much. I really I love, love that it. too. <laughs> so folks, if you're listening out there, share it with your friends. I'm sure there's Please. someone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone that's struggling with this issue that's keeping it a secret, that is ashamed to talk about it, or you know, they could relate in some way. And Mazzy is someone that I think 
is is so personable that you could even reach out to her, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on her Instagram or, or her social media platforms to continue this conversation on a more personal basis. So today I wanted to talk about more of like the different types of eating disorders because there are different types of eating disorders, which I didn't even know about. There's so many types. I know, like, because it's all unique. Yes, to the, the, person. the person and their experience. Yeah, which is which is really mind-blowing to to kind of research about and then also different culture groups that mm -hmm. deals with with food and eating and body image in different ways and that's kind of what we're going to focus on today and I'm so glad that I don't have to do it alone <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you thank we can talk you, about it thank you well Mazzy so what was your eating disorders type what what was your personal yes. one that you would categorize? So I do you have to expose myself. I've actually never seen a doctor or right. an actual person who is licensed to diagnose eating disorders. So right. I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, but yeah. I do from researching and what I've known, mm -hmm. I did have the atypical anorexia nervosa, which is restrictive eating and having body dysmorphic issues. That okay. was the gist of what I had to deal with. Okay. Okay. Well, would that fall under... So the three most prevalent ones that I saw are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge yes. eating and disorder. Bulimia could be, and binge eating kind of go hand in hand sometimes. Okay. There can be a combination of all three or... Maybe some people just steer more in the direction of bulimia or binge eating, which wow. is a whole nother thing in its own. Yeah. So you can have all three. Yeah, you can. Wow. Okay. So does usually one leads or? I think so. I think okay. for me, I I was not a person that I, I definitely did binge at times. It wasn't what I did normally, but there mm -hmm. were times where it happened. I also had friends who wouldn't consider themselves having eating disorder, but they did overeat sometimes and weren't really aware that there was a disorder or something wrong there with them. Okay. Okay. Well, let's break down the three top ones that I just mentioned. And what's uh, what what do you think are the differences between those mm -hmm. three? So let's start with anorexia nervosa. What What is that focused on most? Anorexia is more of the overarching of the eating disorder. It's okay. Basically, what I would classify as restrictive eating or having these thoughts of wanting to restrict or constantly thinking about food. Mm -hmm. Like I said in the last podcast, it's not very simple. It can also be very mental. Some people having disorders and have a very irregular body weight and don't participate in the restrictive eating, but they do have those issues and body dysmorphic images in their head mm -hmm. constantly, which is mm. it's super sad to like have. And mm -hmm. once you've recovered and realized wow, like my mind is such a happier place to be. You realize mm -hmm. how bad those just alone, those images of hating your body, mm -hmm. wanting to restrict, always constantly thinking about food. Mm -hmm. It's it's so hot, sad. Wow. Yeah. I think about food all the time. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a very unhealthy way. Yes, there's yes. like a healthy way, like, ooh, I'm hungry. I'm always yeah. constantly thinking about, okay, what am I eating next? Yes. Thinking about it. I'm so looking forward to it, like lunch. <laughs> this is a like totally side note, but I slept over at my friend's house the other night and yeah. we were at the grocery store the night before, like just picking up something small. And I was like, hmm, maybe I should like get my breakfast. I was like thinking my <laughs> breakfast already. So I like, got like my breakfast already just so I can have in the morning because yeah. When I'm hangry, that's not good. Me yeah. to be around. 
<laughs> I don't think most of us do really well when we're hangry. So oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about bulimia nervosa? What is that? Bulimia nervosa is making yourself purge what you're mm. what you've eaten. Okay, there definitely are different like characteristics of it, but mm-hmm. from what I know is purging what you've eaten or. Maybe you might eat regular meals and not restrict, but you do like purge afterwards. So mm. it's it harms your body in that way. It harms your teeth, harms mm-hmm. your throat. People who do it all the time constantly, you can your the bile can burn. Yes. Your, yeah, I've heard that. your tonsils, your throat mm-hmm. can erode at your teeth. So that's one of the main characteristics of having bulimia. Wow. Yeah. And how about binge eating disorder? Binge eating it would be like overeating constantly. Sometimes mm-hmm. Like I said, there's like all three. You can be restrictive for mm-hmm. days or restrictive all day and then just go crazy and like mm-hmm. just binge everything. Then you mm-hmm. could be bulimic and force yourself to purge. So it could be mm-hmm. a combination of all three, but binge eating would be overeating to the point where you just feel very sick and mm-hmm. not yourself. And you can go days without eating. So sometimes mm-hmm. people do critique fasting because mm-hmm. fasting is an awesome tool for many people and so many cultures have used it for yeah. thousands of years so right. it's intermittent fasting yeah, right intermittent just fasting is, not just new trend yes intermittent fasting yeah but if you have an eating disorder and you are a person who intermittent fasts oh. it could be very triggering to binge eat after those fasts wow and is binge eating maybe this is a silly question but is binge eating usually associated with junk food or can you binge on like healthy food <laughs> and it's like a good thing but then it's but then you starved yourself for that mm-hmm. many t- days and then you eat like just broccoli or something. Is I that? I think it could be, I've definitely had those issues myself, not very frequently because mm-hmm. I was mostly a anorexic nervosa with mm-hmm. that. But it was, I'm trying to think. I think, yeah, it's mostly associated with eating junk food because when you're restricting yourself for hours and hours on end or days yeah. at that point, you just. Yeah only think about food so i do see it being more towards junk food than healthy food yeah. but then i can see people who do have healthy food they just overeat that healthy food right. becomes very unhealthy in that way yeah i remember in college when i was dating my husband he lived in an apartment with the football players at the uw mm-hmm. and they would only eat baked chicken breast Yes. Like all the time. Like I would come over mm-hmm. and it would just be plain baked chicken that breast. That is insane. And I was like, I cannot eat something like that mm-hmm. all the time. But they were, you know, trying to train and, and, and stuff like that. And I don't know if it ever got unhealthy. I just don't know how you eat that day in and day out. I don't understand either. <laughs> I do understand that you have to get your protein and your macros up. But yeah. there's like a whole nother topic about bodybuilding athletes yeah. who – yeah. Low key have eating disorders in a way with the yeah. way that they're restricting, but mm-hmm. their minds are framed in a way that I'm doing it for performance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's really awesome to eat healthy. It's really awesome to have protein, have your rice and your carbs and mm-hmm. your vegetables. But there can be a way where if you are so afraid to go outside of eating that, mm-hmm. so deathly afraid, which mm-hmm. a lot of people have eating disorders can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets really unhealthy. Yeah. So everything in moderation. Yes, exactly. Well balanced. Intuitive eating. Yeah. Have all the pure, you know, the, the food pyramid. Yes. Like have your greens, have your grains, have your proteins. But hyper focusing on one thing is probably not good. Yes. 
You heard it, folks. <laughs> so, okay, I wanted to then switch gears to, now that we kind of have a definition for these three types of more prevalent de- eating disorders, let's get down to the nitty gritty parts of it, of culturally, how do people approach food? How do people approach eating disorders in different cultures? And especially for the, you know, BIPOC community, you know, black, indigenous and people of color, what have been what has been your experience in in folks that mm-hmm. identify as me? You know, like <laughs> Asian, you know, um, I I can relate to a lot of ways that I can even think of my own mom saying certain things mm-hmm. about my body type it and- does come back down to our mother sometimes but they it always <laughs> yeah. comes back to parents and childhood trauma but i yeah. i've been i was listening to another podcast where they were talking about body issues and talking about how mm-hmm. mothers not even commenting on mm-hmm. their daughter's or their son's body but also commenting on their own bodies in front of their kids can yes. make a difference yes but of course mothers do tend to comment on the daughter's bodies and Mm -hmm. their bodies at the same time too. Mm. Yeah. I can remember, you know, I I don't think I'm a very, I'm Vietnamese and I don't think my body type is very typical Vietnamese because our cultural dresses are very tight Mm -hmm. and slimming and for a very specific body type. And Mm -hmm. I was never comfortable wearing that. And I just could remember having discussions with the women in my family that were able to wear those types of cultural dresses and how it didn't fit me the right way or mm-hmm. something like that. That was a very early on conversation yes. about body image and about food and, and stuff like that. So do you think that, you know, do you think that the white population has something different approaching food versus Latin American cultures or Asian cultures or even the black community. Mm-hmm. We all have such different relationships with food. Yes, that is so true. Yeah. That is so true. I am coming from a position where I am a white woman in America. So mm-hmm. yeah. I do think there's a difference because especially with relationships with food where people are very connected to types of food and mm-hmm. food can change the way you look or the body. And I believe that while you eat can really reflect with your relationship with your parents and Mm -hmm. relationship with your culture. So it can be a break away from your culture to not eat those types of foods or eating disorders can influence you to stray away from it and say like, I'm don't want to eat the food that I'm used to growing up with because Mm -hmm. I want to restrict. I want to do this. So it is a distancing from culture to have an eating disorder. Mm. That's such a interesting angle to look at. You know, for you personally, what was your relationship with food and and your parents? Was it something good, bad? Is that some of the things that you picked up from them Mm -hmm. as you were growing up? My parents, they're always very healthy, very active people. Growing up, my mom was very much, she was the type that would comment on my body and Mm -hmm. would comment on her own body. And I was very aware that she did not like the way that she looked and Mm. she would comment on my body like, Oh, you're getting too skinny or you're getting Mm -hmm. too this or that. And Mm -hmm. I have definitely framed it in my mind where if I do have kids, I'm going to avoid talking about their body in Mm -hmm. any way. Cause any comment really, it brings, it makes a kid grow up. It really does because when you're a child, you're not aware of what's going on. And then Mm -hmm. there's comes a day where you're like, Oh, I'm in my body and I'm more aware of my body. And that's a lot of, stealing of a children's happiness to mm-hmm. be making them aware of 
the mm-hmm. body that they're in and mm-hmm. criticizing it and feeling shame of it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's never in a positive way. No. It's, I don't think we're taught to to do that naturally. No. I think it's much easier to criticize, right? Or it's much easier to find flaws mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. And especially as in children, they're such they're so impressionable and they're like yes. sponges and they'll pick it up. They're like, oh, like I get more praise from my mom when I'm at a lower weight or right. when I'm looking athletic or yeah. one thing that I've also learned is to not praise kids for being thin or mm. commenting like, oh, you look so good. Did you lose weight? Or like you lost weight, look so yeah. great. Yeah. So I've noticed that a lot with, because then kids frame their mind like, oh, being small is mm-hmm. where I get the praise and love from my parents or the yeah. praise from my community. And yeah. that's when it gets a little bit messed yeah. up and tricky there. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally, I can totally see that. Yeah. I, I, I've known a couple of folks in my community I can I can think of that has done that to their girls specifically Mm -hmm. it's interesting how it's mainly focused on women and then for men it's kind of like oh he'll get he'll stretch out he'll lean out oh whatever it's just it's high school or it's middle school yeah you know like I'm thinking about like my boyfriend who he's the difference between like he's probably not aware of his body at all or like thinking about it as much as I do yeah yeah. and it's hard because once you get to a point where you're thinking about your body a lot and you're growing Mm -hmm. up like that it's very hard to take steps back from. Yeah. So anyone who's about to have a kid, do not comment on their body. <laughs> we want to make these kids yeah. growing up feeling very safe and comfortable in their bodies. Right. So right. Try not to comment on your kid's body. So maybe practice all. on being positive about yes. your kid's bodies versus criticizing it, you know, all the time or yes. something like that. Well, thank you for that insight. What about folks that are in the LGBTQ community, especially folks that are transitioning Mm -hmm. how has eating disorders affect that community do you think that is a really big issue with the especially the trans community Mm -hmm. i myself i identify as bisexual so i am in that community in a sense and it's super prevalent especially for trans women transitioning to being a woman and wow just with the amount of hate that these people are receiving Mm. and the lack of affirmation from maybe friends, family, and their community, mm-hmm. there is even more pressure to push towards assimilating or mm. wanting to have more of a womanly figure or developing those eating issues. Mm-hmm. What What do you think? Do you think it's become just more prevalent as the community have gotten more in the in the spotlight these Mm -hmm. days right do you think there's more pressure less pressure or is it kind of the same but we're just talking about it more yes I can definitely see more pressure because when trans people are getting more accepted and more in media there are certain body types of trans women or trans men that are accepted okay because they're looking at this as the the more that a trans woman looks like a woman and mm-hmm. can fit into that mold, mm-hmm. the more appreciated they are, the more uplifted they are, and the more they're put in movies oh. or shows or TV shows because okay. people have different types of body and people who right. transition do not always want to get all the surgeries or all the gender affirming surgeries to right. be more quote unquote womanly or mm-hmm. manly. Mm-hmm. So people who do get the surgeries that make them more look quote unquote like a woman or a man, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. are praised more. 
And that's wow. really, really hard for people who don't want to get those surgeries right. or don't fit into that box. Yeah, just looking at the stats, like 32% of transgender people report using their eating disorder to modify their body without hormones. Oh, yeah, that's I a, can definitely that's a see high, that. That's a high percentage. Would that be for transitioning men and are trans men? They didn't break it down for transitioning to mm-hmm. one gender or another, but it just the numbers and the stats that I'm seeing, like 56% of transgender oh people gosh. with eating disorders believe their disorders not related to their physical body. I mean, like it's oh. very, it's just mm-hmm. interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, these stats are coming out and they're high. They're mm-hmm. high. They're There's high. so much intersectionality with it, with being yeah. trans and also having eating disorder and all these pressures mm-hmm. of the media or looking a certain way. And I just feel so much for that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, our country is very rich. It's very wealthy. Mm -hmm. And the ability to have food, I I think for most people, is um, very easy. Access Mm -hmm. to food, right? Regardless if it's healthy or junk food. Yes. And so I feel like within our own nation there is this relationship with food and waste and all of that stuff it's very complex it is very very complex yeah Yeah, you're telling me yeah and no wonder people have such disordered kind Mm -hmm. of ways of looking at their own self-image and how it relates to food yeah because our different whole spectrum there is the overeaters there's people who have the plenty and have Mm-hmm. so much in abundance of it and there's people who have anorexia and are restricting mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. such a huge spectrum and there are some people who would not consider themselves having eating disorder that do mm-hmm. because it doesn't reflect the stereotypical eating disorder where you mm-hmm. restrict and you become very skinny mm-hmm. yeah because because you mentioned last time you could look quote unquote normal you yeah, could look you can like have you- a normal healthy body weight yeah. but you still would have you can still mm-hmm. be restricting and no one knows. You can mm-hmm. still be living with an eating disorder. Yeah, yeah. And I guess lastly, the group that I was interested in is athletes. I guess that's a very mm-hmm. obvious group. But, you know, with the community that you're connected with, with the pageant world, I feel like yes. that's, I feel like in itself, that's like a very competitive, athletic Oh, yeah. Kind people, of competition, would not, right? people would not assume that the pageant community is super super competitive and athletic. You're training all the time, like yeah. an athlete at some point. Yeah. I've seen your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. Thank you. Uh, but I was like, oh, girl, I cannot do that. But like in that sense, do you see, and I, I think we touched a little bit on our last podcast, but how prevalent is eating disorders in the pageant world? If they are tra- if they have that mentality of training like an athlete. Mm-hmm. Again, I think some people don't necessarily think they have an eating disorder when mm-hmm. they might. I'm very aware of myself sure. having had one, mm-hmm. having still triggers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I spent half of the pageants I've competed in, I've had an eating disorder in them. Wow. And I always reflect on that and that's mm-hmm. super interesting that I went from that to now being a recovered person, how much happier and how much better I'm doing in pageants when I don't have an eating disorder. Yeah. But same with a lot of competitive sports, mm-hmm. people are in this frame of mind where they don't see themselves having these disorders. They see themselves as working hard and mm-hmm. eating healthy and going for a goal. And sometimes that can be eating disorder in self where you're mm-hmm. just pushing yourself really hard for something yeah. that won't amass you to what you're actually looking for. Yeah. So it's so important 
that we're having this conversation because first of all, you're not an island. You, be, you, you have a group of people, a community of people. And if you don't let 3W or, or um, <laughs> Mazzy here be a part of your community because we care about you. If you're suffering with this, we want to be here for you. And sometimes it takes someone from the outside pointing out like, yes. wow, you are really obsessing about this or you look great. Why are you so worried about mm-hmm. this or that uh, of fitting into this certain size or yeah why are we so focused on it I just don't understand it I don't know I don't why I don't know why we're so focused on it it's really holding us back as a race a humanity being focused on such little things when there's so many other big things like climate change and issues happening in the world but we're Mm -hmm. focused on losing five pounds if into something (laughs) like why are we focused on that it's just yeah it's it's I'm so easy for me to say right now but it's we really got to realize like, what is the bigger purpose here? Mm-hmm. And do we want to look back and realize we spent 20 years of our lives worrying about our weight or spent 20% of our day worrying mm-hmm. about what am I going to eat? What am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. What am I going to work out? Like that's such so much brain um, energy, energy, so much brain energy is going <laughs> yeah. towards this Yeah, when it's just not making us happy. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to make you happy? And the answer is no, losing five pounds is not going to make mm-hmm. you happier mm-hmm. if you're not happy in your body right now or not working towards trying mm-hmm. to be happy. Mm-hmm. I understand people have their bad days and mm-hmm. it's totally okay for people to not feel themselves. But if you're not working towards being happy in the moment that you are in right now, then you're mm-hmm. not going to be happy when you lose that weight or mm-hmm. get that boyfriend or get that job. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to constantly teach myself and try Mm -hmm. to reinforce in people around me. That's wonderful. I mean, just a well-balanced life really emphasizes that happiness in Mm -hmm. which we're trying to seek, right? Well, you know, just a little bit of a side note of like, I was very, very sick recently. And one of the questions that I've been getting as I've, I'm 100% recovered now, but one of the questions that I kept getting as I was recovering was, how much weight did you lose? Oh, my gosh. I know. Horrible. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> like, I what? was like, I mean, I can laugh about it now. Like, but <laughs> in the moment, I was like, why are you asking me about that right like, now? I, didn't, I was sick. I, I did know. not feel good. I know. <laughs> it was not because I didn't want to eat or, or mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about food. It was like I physically couldn't do it. And that's mm-hmm. such an again, that's such an unhealthy way of looking at yes. body image and eating and, and stuff like that. But yeah, people ask me that, like, how much weight did you lose? Like, none of your business. I know. <laughs> Hello. Well, I yeah, to, to end on that note, you know, if you're struggling with this, folks out there, if you just need someone to talk to, more resources, you know, of course, we encourage you to educate yourself and do your own research. But just know that we're here for you. And, you know, obviously, Mazzy is so personable that she she wants to talk to Come you. Come hit she, my line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She is more than – she's a wealth of knowledge. And she could probably be that person in your life that can walk you through this this really tough period. And if, if she can get through this and – you know, be aware of her triggers. You can too. Yes, of course. Yeah. I just I just want folks to know I'm sitting in front of someone that's 
healthy and lovely and intelligent Mm -hmm. and (laughs) want to provide and make an impact in our community. And that's something that any one of us can do. So, Mm -hmm. so thank you so much again for coming on to our podcast and, you know, wrapping up this conversation. I'm sure there'll be more conversations related to this, but if you enjoyed this conversation, if you want to learn more, please reach out to us here at 3W and tune in for our next one. And I'm sure you're going to hear from Mazzy again. So yes, perfect. If you want to reach out to me, my Instagram is Mazzy Eckel, M-A-Z-Z-Y-E-C-K-E-L. I also have a podcast my own on my Instagram called Pursuing Leadership. Yes. I speak with a lot of nonprofits in the area. You can hear 3W Medical on it. You can hear Helen on it. (laughs) And please reach out to me if you have any questions. I would love to reach out and maybe meet up for a coffee with Mm -hmm. someone in Seattle who may be struggling. I'm super open to it. So please reach out to me. She is so approachable. (laughs) She is so approachable. You'll be like, who is this goddess that I'm having coffee (laughs) with? But um, she is so approachable and so personable. It's just been such an honor and fun to Aww, fun time I to sit down and talk so to you guys so, fun. <laughs> so thank you listeners out there give us your feedback about this podcast or guests that we've had leading up to this last few episodes thank you so much and have a wonderful wednesday for more information about 3w please visit our website at 3wmedical.org that's the number three the letter w medical.org From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.